And typically every so- every every summer there is one song that whatever comes on the radio or whether you're at a bar or a restaurant, that song is on. Because it's the soundtrack to the sun, to the beach, to cold drinks, to the summer weather. This summer, I don't think we have one yet. If we do, then let me know. This is Toronto Today. I am Gareth Wheeler at Wheeler TSN. The text is 10:50:50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. You're listening to one happy guy today. Wheeler's going on vacation, people. Last show and for the better part of a month. A month. I've never really taken off more than a week. Wheeler out. I'm in a great mood. I want to get my summer started. I need summer song requests. We want your request to be the soundtrack of this show today. If you got a song that sounds like summer, reminds you of summer, whether it's road tripping, whether it's the beach, whether it's the sun, maybe it's the song for you of this summer, let us know. Hit us up at 105050 live at tsn1050.ca is the email and at Wheeler TSN. And the full lines will be open all morning. We have some brilliant topics coming your way over the course of the next two hours where we break down the Sung Huang O trade from each and every way. No, we're not. We're, we're not doing that because these stupid little trades of useless players for prospects you've never heard of before, no one, and I mean nobody, wants to hear that. Which is appropriate today because I'm looking up at CP24 and I'm thinking that the bad boy guy, Blaine Lastman, he was going to run for mayor and now he's like, no, I'm cool. I'm not going to run anymore. What was that all about? Was that just all about cheap publicity for the bad boy dude? Maybe I should come out and say, well, uh, guys, I'm, I'm thinking about running for mayor. Wheeler for mayor. Who would be a better mayor of Toronto? Me or Mayor Chief... Boy, was it from the Simpsons, Mayor Quimby? Mayor Wheeler or Mayor Quimby? I think that Mayor Wheeler's got a nice ring to it. But at the last minute, I'm like, I can't give up this sweet radio gig. Nah, not going to do it. But you get a lot of Wheeler in the meantime. Free Wheeler Pub. So the nobody bad boy guy is bailing on potentially running in the election. I just looked up and I saw that on CP2 form. So th- there you go. Uh, we'll monitor. We will bring you any Blue Jays trade if it goes down. The J-Hap could be quasi-relevant. But really, if it's Clippard or Granderson or... Pfft, come on. The Blue Jays stink. Trying to watch that team on a day-to-day basis, it's painful. And you go through the city like yesterday... Uh, I was downtown, then I headed to BMO Field for the TFC call last night, and there's still people draped in Blue Jays gear. People legitimately care, and I love that about this city, that even when the team is so difficult to watch, that people are still showing their Blue Jays colors. And that's good on Blue Jays fans, but really the organization has let you down. So a good part about me going on vacation is I don't have to watch that dreadful team try to play baseball. They give up six runs in the top of the 11th, and now they're trading away players who are supposed to be better than other players that they'll call up. This is going to be awful. So I'm putting on the blinders. I'm like a horse running in the, was it, the Queen's Plate, whatever stakes. 
Just the blind, I'm going straight ahead, avoiding Blue Jays baseball. I'm done. For this year, I'm done. If it's a relevant trade or something, wake me up. But other than that, I'm done watching this team play. So we'll deal with some other issues over the course of this morning's show. And because I'm away, it's a good time to kind of reflect on where we are at with our various sports teams. So we'll walk you through our poll questions, and these are the exact questions that I want you to call in and be a part of today's show. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876 at Wheeler TSN. Uh, it's been a big summer or last few weeks. Big month of July, let's put it, for both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors. So let's start off with the buds. Tavares coming to town. People are excited and with good reason. But how good is this Maple Leafs team with a plus Johnny T and a minus JVR, Bozak, and Komarov? That's essentially what's happened, right? Like, it's essentially the player's out. Matt Martin's gone too, right? So that's essentially what where this Maple Leafs team is at right now. Which team on paper, as of right now, and this is the poll question at Wheeler TSN, I believe it's being retweeted at TSN 1050 Radio, which team on paper as of right now has the best roster in the NHL's Atlantic Division heading into the new season? So which team on paper, just your assessment of the roster as it stands right now on what? Is it July 25th? What is it today? July 26th. Which team on paper as of right now has the best roster in the Atlantic Division heading into the new season. Is it the Lightning? Is it the Bruins? Is it your Toronto Maple Leafs? And I had to include a fourth, and probably based upon how the team looks, it would probably be the Florida Panthers. I think there's a big three here, and then Florida. But I'll include Florida nonetheless. So 416-870-1050. Have the Maple Leafs improved enough by just bringing Tavares to town and keeping in mind the subtractions to leapfrog both the Lightning and the Bruins within that division? Remember, this Lightning team, Stamkos, Point, Palat, Kucherov, Miller-Johnson, Hedman-McDonough-Sergachev, Strawman, Vasilevsky. This is an elite, elite team in the National Hockey League. The Boston Bruins were the team that beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the seven-game series. Not too many changes either. Good mix of experience and youth. Bergeron, Krejci, Marchand, DeBrusque, Donato, excited to see what he does with a full season. Pasternak, Bacchus, Heinen, Krug, McAvoy, still got big Zdeno there. Carlo, and of course, Tuka Rask. Um... Those got to be the two teams. Does John Tavares make them leapfrog either the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins? And if you say yes, I want to hear why. If the Maple Leafs' defensive deficiencies are enough to ignore. Because quite clearly on paper, the Maple Leafs out of those three teams have the weakest defense core. I, I don't know how you could argue otherwise. I think they have the second best goaltender of the of the three teams. And... They are right up there with the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of offensive talent. I'll buy the argument if you want to say they're better. But it's very difficult for me to make the argument to say definitively the Maple Leafs have the best roster right now in the Atlantic Division. And I I use the Atlantic Division as our sample 
or for our poll question because this is where the NHL is at. You need to be better than the teams in your division if you want to go deep. So whatever's going on in the Metropolitan doesn't really matter. You need to get out of your division first and foremost. So that's why the Atlantic division is worth talking about here. As of right now, who has the best roster in the NHL's Atlantic division? Is it the Lightning, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, or the Panthers? 416-870-1050-416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Similarly for the Raptors, which team on paper right now? And it's not by the division, but it kind of is, based upon the fact that the Raptors are in the same division as the Celtics and the Sixers. Uh, which team as of right now has the best roster in the NBA's Eastern Conference heading into the new season? Raps, Celtics, Sixers, Bucks. Uh, so we'll start with those two topics. I got a Vince Carter poll question uh, that I want to throw out. He's coming back for another year with the loser Atlanta Hawks, which I think is appropriate for Vince Carter. I'll get into that in a little bit later on. And also... The latest from DeMar DeRozan, bailing on Masai Ujiri's charity, another bad look for DeMar. And on top of that, Dan Lebitard from the Dan Lebitard Show had an outrageous claim. Look, I'm not in favor of the way that DeMar has conducted himself over the last week, but Lebitard's taken it about 18 steps further. So we'll play you that audio as well. So plenty to come. Let's light up these phone lines, Toronto. Your last chance to chat with me until late August. So I say take advantage of that situation. Take advantage of it. Yell at me, scream at me. Let's do this together. We're hanging out for the next two hours, okay? Oh, yeah, and if you have a song of the summer, a request that you want to hear, let me know what that song of the summer is, and we'll play it right here on Toronto Today. Let's go to and start things off. Batting leadoff on Toronto Today. It is Rob from Etobicoke. Robbie, what's happening, pal? Not much, Wheels. What's going on? I'm rocking and rolling. I can taste my vacation, buddy. That's the way to be, man. Enjoy. Thanks. Um, I guess I just wanted to kind of chime in on the on the Atlantic Division that you guys were talking about. Um, I, I, I'd love to say the Leafs are first, but I, I obviously I, I can't see it based on the back end, and, uh, and I'd probably give Vasilevsky uh, the nod over Anderson as well. But I, I will say that for years, as a long-suffering Leafs fan, our biggest problem in Toronto was slotting guys into the right positions and guys playing above where they should be. And while that's been fixed over the last few years, by bringing Tavares in, I think it's, it's, it's just like now you have a third-line center in Kadri who's a 30-goal man. Now, he may not get the... the I don't finish. think he'll be that on the third line, but okay, right. go ahead. But I, I, what I would say is... He's not going to get your traditional third line, you know, 13 or 14 minutes. I think he's going to be up around 16, 17 minutes because your fourth line is going to get very little time, seven, eight minutes a game. And I just think overall, by having those three down the middle, it, it, it gives your, your wingers, I mean, not that they don't have to be good, but your, even your third line wingers are going to get real opportunities to chip in offensively. And I think they got to make up something in the back end, obviously. Yes. But but I think they're probably just behind the Tampa Bay Lightning is where I would slot them in. So you think that based upon bringing Tavares to Toronto, they have leapfrogged the Boston Bruins in terms of overall quality in their roster? I, I believe that. And I think I, I still think the, the defense is 
probably behind Boston's as a group, but I think I think Anderson is every bit as good, if not better, than Rask. And I think so as well. And yep. the forward, like I said, the forward core. I, I I mean, forget the Atlantic Division. Those top three centers, you put them up against any team in the entire league. And that trickle down effect will will you'll see it you'll see it in the standings. It will. I, I'm just worried about the back end. And I know you defend in fives and not in twos, but it's still at the same time. I think that the Maple Leafs right now have about thirteen, I believe, thirteen million dollars in cap space right now. Some of that will be eaten up by a new contract for William Nylander. But you can't be sitting on $10 million. I mean, no. that just shows you that this season you're not taking full advantage of what you actually have. And for the Maple Leafs, I know that the future still projects well. But while Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are still on really manageable contracts, you strike while the iron's hot. And I just worry that this team uh, might uh, end up kicking themselves if they do not improve on the back end between now and the start of the season. And the clock is ticking. And a lot of NHL teams uh, have really kind of bailed on the summer. They're on an extended timeout. They're on a Wheeler-like vacation here, Robbie. So I'm just looking at their roster as it stands right now, and I'm going to still give it an incomplete. The potential to be one of, if not the best in the division, but right now I'm still giving it an incomplete. Well, is that and, fair? And, is that fair? Well, I think I, 100% that's fair, uh, Wheels. But what I would say is what this new management group is all about since Shanahan took over, it's they don't jump at what what the popular opinion is. They kind of take a seat, take a back seat, they, they assess, and they want to make sure and go and get the guy they feel will fit whatever need it is. Now, it's easy for us to sit back and say, hey, they need, they need better deals. But if that right guy is not available or it's not available at the right price they're willing to pay, they're not just going to go out and make uh, a really kind of a jump move for for no reason. So they're going to look at it and they're going to assess. And maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe they're going to start off a little behind behind the other teams in that they have that extra money that they haven't allotted to anybody. But I think if it comes time and the right deal presents itself, and maybe it's not even this season. Maybe it's one more season of... See what we got, and and maybe it's next off season. But. Okay, R- Rob, I gotta let you go, but thank you. Great call, great call out of the gate. Um, Rob made the comment there, and this this gets me going every time. It's like any time that anyone advocates a proper hockey trade in this city, there's always this trepidation about giving up too much or making a bad deal. Sometimes you need to swing for the fences and take a risk. That's what the NBA is all about. Wouldn't you like to see this team? You know what your core is. In Matthews, in Tavares, in Marner. Take a little bit of a risk, swing big, and hopefully go out and reap the rewards. That's what you want to see more of. Like, there's no point of playing cautious right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in win-now mode. Let's all say it together. They're in win-now, contend, compete, now mode. There's no way around it. And right now, this roster still needs a little bit more work despite that. 416-870-1050 on paper. As of right now, where do you put the Maple Leafs in the Atlantic Division? And similarly, where do you put the Raptors in the Eastern Conference? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Let's go out to Bruce. Bruce Almighty in Etobicoke. What's happening, Bruce? Wheels. Okay, first of all, uh, have a good vacation. You deserve it, buddy. And Cheers, you were pal. real smooth last night covering the TFC game, which I listened to faithfully. That and, a boy. 
And we love you because you're talking about the Leafs in July. What can I say? You're the best. Thanks, now, pal. Listen, nobody's talking about Austin Matthews. Think about it. You had a crappy playoffs. You had a visit by the coach. You've had John Tavares now come in and usurp your captaincy potentially. All these things, Austin Matthews, nobody's talking about the kind of motivation he has now to become the best Maple Leaf this year and into the playoffs. Nobody's talking about it. Okay, so how does that manifest itself for this upcoming season? What does that tell you about Matthews, uh, what he means to this team, and what he can be for this team in the upcoming season? I think that Austin is a, uh, a dedicated guy. He has a lot of character. He comes from a good family. And uh, he's going to be motivated to be a much better player this year and to prove that he is the future captain of the Leafs. I don't know whether they'll give it to Tavares. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter to me. I I could care, honestly, I could care less about the captaincy right now. What I do care about is Matthews being slotted appropriately, getting requisite power play uh, time on specialty teams so he's out on the ice more, and playing with appropriate players by his side to get the best out of him. That's what I care about when it comes to that player, and that remains to be seen. I don't know what Mike Babcock's going to do. I'm just looking at this roster as a whole. I'm like, okay, down the middle, check. I I like their wingers. That's decent check. But what this team is missing to me is a little size, a little grit, a little toughness, and they desperately need some help on the back end. And until they get it, Bruce, I'm reluctant to say that they are the best team within their own division. And they have to be. They have to be. They are, without a doubt, the best team in their division. You think they're better than Tampa? Yeah, well, you know what? So what about the defense? They're they're going to come together as, a, as a, you know Pittsburgh won the cup a couple of years ago with uh, with a not with no superstar defense. See, but Bruce, so. but Bruce, that that like I don't like that example, and I document it like I feel like I say it each and every show. That Pittsburgh team just had a different composition, a different makeup. They actually had defensemen who can defend. Who on this Maple Leafs back end can actually go out and do the dirty work and play and be a good, solid defensive hockey player? Well, the summer's not over yet. I have total faith in, faith in uh, Dubas. Me, me too. I, me too. Me too, Bruce. But the question is, as the roster stand right now. Yeah. I like the Leafs roster the best because you're going to see not only a more motivated Austin Matthews this year, but you're also going to see a very motivated John Tavares come back home. And he's going to light it up. And this team is going to be a force. Dig the excitement, buddy. Thanks for the phone call, Bruce, and the kind words. Uh, we'll reopen up the phone lines a little bit later on this hour. Uh, Dave Fezcheck of the Toronto Star, I'm going to get him to weigh in on this exact conversation pertaining to the Maple Leafs. Does he believe the Maple Leafs are the best roster in the Atlantic Division? And again, this is relevant. You need to get out of your own division to make that long, lengthy playoff run. And the Maple Leafs in back-to-back years, yes, no Johnny T, but they were dumped in the first round against a divisional opponent in back-to-back years. they got to be better than Tampa. they got to be better than Boston. And these are two elite teams in the National Hockey League. Have the Maple Leafs done enough this summer? You can text me at 105050. Live at tsn1050.ca is the email and at WheelerTSN. So Fezcheck joining me next. We're rolling. It's my last day of work in a while. A little bit of a celebration right here on Toronto Today. Congratulations. You all get to play for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. <laughs> uh, we'll reopen up the phone lines. Hey, Joe, our producer, Joe, you've just been traded to the Blue Jays for Sung Hoan Oh. 
Congratulations. It's a dream come true. I'm not true. going. You're not going? I refuse to report. Okay, yeah. I'm sure that they'll still make the trade. Meaning the Blue Jays would still trade for not you. I'm that talented. Yes. I totally agree that that's a good move for them, but I just refuse to go. Okay. Uh, which team on paper, as of right now, has the best roster in the NHL's Atlantic Division? You know it's a Toronto poll question when? Well, right now, the Lightning are actually leading at 51%. The Maple Leafs at 47%. The Bruins get no love at just 2%. And not one vote yet for the Florida Panthers. I had to include a fourth team, but I think the Bruins is a little harsh on them. Last time I checked, it was the Bruins, who have a bunch of good young players, that beat the Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So which team as of right now is the best roster in the Atlantic Division? You can text me at 10-50-50, the email live at tsn1050.ca and at WheelerTSN, and I'll open up the phone lines in a few moments' time. But it's my good buddy Dave Fezchuk from the Toronto Star. You listen to him right here on TSN 1050 as well, and he joins us on the program. What's going on, Davey boy? Wheels, I'm waking up in Vegas here. It's, uh, life isn't so bad. Oh, oh you're covering the uh, Lowry, DeRozan, get-together, shoot-around, summer, what is it, USA Basketball Summer Camp? Is that it? Yeah, it's USA Basketball Mini Camp, I believe they're calling Mini it. Mini Of course, yes, we will, we will I believe, if, uh, if things go well and, and, and promises aren't broken, uh, we will be uh, having the privilege of speaking with uh, DeMar DeRozan and possibly Kyle Lowry today about but all that's gone on in Raptor land uh, this year. Tell me this. Is it so hot in Las Vegas that DeMar DeRozan's tears will dry up before they hit the floor? Crap, I was going to use that line in my lead. Man, you ruined it for me. Yeah, I, I'm a little tired of the, of the DeMar DeRozan uh, cry fest. I mean, I, I've got all the respect in the world for the guy. Sure. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and you need to say that because people get so enraged if you take a shot at DeMar DeRozan. But I do. Look, I mean, the guy's been you know, involved in pro sports for a decade. I think you should understand the way it works. I think you should realize that, you know, things happen. And the idea that Masai Ujiri wasn't going to keep him in the loop, I mean, it's just ridiculous to believe a GM's going to tell a player that, yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to trade you. I was this close to trading you. I mean, I would have happily traded you if I could get a real player in here, but I didn't trade you, DeMar. You know, <laughs> imagine the problem that would have caused this year if uh, DeMar DeRozan would have been in on the Kawhi Leonard trade talks, and the Kawhi Leonard trade talks would have come just short of being consummated. I mean, you talk about an issue with uh, team chemistry after that. So, I mean, it's kind of funny that DeMar is acting this naive and oh, this Oh, it's horrible. Like, your colleague Doug Smith chatted with Charles Oakley, and we all love Charles because he's, like, down to business. He was a, that savvy veteran player that understood the business side of the game, and he said it. Vince Carter got traded. Shaq got traded. Kareem got traded. Just go to San Antonio and play. It's that simple. I just don't. I, I I just can't reconcile with his behavior right now. It's just so petulant. Grow up. It's just we loved yeah. him for his nine years, but come on, it didn't work out. Quite clearly, he was incapable of taking this team to the next level. And ten out of ten general managers would have made that exact same deal if they were Masai Ujiri. So I don't yeah, know what his 100%. issue is. So one hundred percent, and I can understand one angry social media post, then to do the long interview with Chris Haynes of ESPN and. And bring up the same points. I mean, you know, the emotions got to calm down a week later, and you got to realize, hey, this is the business I'm in. And I'm well compensated for it. And as heartbroken as you may be, you got to understand. I mean, you got you got a job to do. Now you're worried about, you know, what the fans in San Antonio think of you. I mean, he's he's got to straighten it out, and I, I believe he will. I mean, if you listen to that Chris Haynes interview, 
I mean, he was really doing the things that you should be doing as a player. And he was pointing to himself in some ways. He was saying, you know, a moment like this, it makes you look at your failures. It makes you look at what went wrong. And let's be honest, that's the, that's the reason he was traded. Yeah. You know it as well as I do. We saw, it, we saw the, this iteration of the DeMar-Kyle Raptors go five times through the playoffs. We saw all their weaknesses exposed, especially these past two years. And let's be honest here, DeMar DeRozan was a big part of that weakness with his inability or you know, unwillingness to play defense and his very rigid offensive game that a lot of teams could key on and easily take out of the action too often. So um, you're right. It's, uh, it's time for him to realize it. I do believe he will. And, I, and again, you know, I, mean, I don't want to be too hard on him because I, I love the emotion. Like, I love the fact that he is this attached to the city. That he, I mean, all those years we talked about how nobody wanted to stay in Toronto. I mean, it says something that this guy doesn't want to leave. Yeah, well, I've had girlfriends that have really liked me as well, but I didn't like them that much or as well as other options that were out there, and it wasn't keeping them around just because they like me. Okay, so I'm, I'm over the DeMar situation. <laughs> Dave, I'm Fez, you, Dave Fezchuk, and I'm not even that desirable, to put it bluntly. Uh, Dave <laughs> Fezchuk joining us from Vegas. I hope you don't mind talking some puck, Dave, um, because it's my last day before no, vacation. Hey, I'll tell you. No, you, you know, it's funny. I, you cannot help but think of, even though it's 44 Celsius here uh, in the sun, and, you know, it's, it's a dry heat, uh, and even though basketball is on the mind a little bit because of this USA basketball thing, you cannot go five steps in this strip without seeing some Golden Knights merchandise. Like, really? They have, they have colonized this town in a big way. Very cool. Um, I'm going to avoid the Golden Knights talk because... Uh, for Toronto purposes, I want to focus on what's going on in the Atlantic Division. And it, simply put, Dave, you got to be better than the teams in your, in your own division if you expect to go on a lengthy playoff run. And that's where the Maple Leafs are at right now. And they just so happen to have two very good teams within their same division, in the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins. As their respective rosters stand right now, how would you rank these teams one through three, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs? Well, I think you have to give the number one slot to the, to the Lightning just out of respect to the fact, you know, of how far they've gone. I mean, this, this is a team that's been to, what, two conference finals and one Stanley Cup finals three of the last four years. So this is a team that's playoff proven, even though they've never gotten to the, the ultimate prize. Um, and obviously it's a team that's, you know, hasn't gotten any worse. I mean, you can argue their late acquisition of Ryan McDonough and uh, with, you know, locking up Kucherov. Uh, you know, they've, they've, Steve Eisenman's been at the forefront of, executive decisions in this league. So they're going to be good. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky being a Vesna finalist, um, one of the best goalies in the league at times, even though he had some down, uh, down moments this season. That makes them, I think, the number one seed. But you talk about three of the best teams in the league. I mean, I just happen to pop into the occasional sports book here since I've been in Vegas wheels. I mean, these Go are the figure. three Stanley Cup favorites. <laughs> wow, really? These are the three Stanley Cup favorites. Like the, These are the top three favorites to win the Stanley Cup according to the odds. And we know that that doesn't say they're the three best teams, but it does say something. And it says that these are three teams that you know a lot of people believe have a great chance to win this thing. So for them to all be in one division, to be in a division that's so you know polarized with, with uh, all those teams, Florida, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, all really lacking you know key, key things, not to mention multiple key things, being such bad teams, you know, maybe Florida could, could pull something out of the fire there, but all those other teams are just in, the, in probably the worst moment in recent history in their cycle. And, and, and Dave, this is, this, is the sheer, yeah. this is the sheer stupidity 
of the NHL playoff format, where in other leagues you might be able to avoid one or two of those teams. Basically, you got to jump through them or go through them to make it deep within your own conference playoffs. So th- that's why I'm yeah. looking up. It, it, it's great that you bring in Tavares. Uh, you lose JVR, you lose Komarov, you lose Bozak, you lose Martin. Uh, probably overall, you're covered off and you're adding another elite talent player. But if the Maple Leafs done enough, like elsewhere, to close that gap between the two teams that finished and played longer than the Maple Leafs this past spring? Well, you know, you, you can make a case that when it comes to Boston, all you have to do is wait a little while. Because when you look at their core, I mean, Zdeno Chara led that team in ice time, and he's 41 years old. I mean, how long can that last? And then you look at Patrice Bergeron and all the, all the battering he's taken as being one of the prime sentiment in this league. Well, he's 33. David Krejci is 32. Brad Marchand, as much as we think of him as a petulant young disturber, you know, he's 30 years old. I mean, their core is a lot older than the other two teams' core in the Atlantic Division race, especially the Leafs. And so you can make the case that the Bruins won't be a threat particularly long. But what about this you know, upcoming season? What about this upcoming season, though, Dave? Because for the Maple Leafs now, you bring in Tavares, you're in win-now mode, and you still have $13 million in cap space. Some of that's going to go to Nylander, but once yeah. that money starts getting committed to the likes of Matthews and Marner on a longer term with the money committed to Tavares, then that kind of shrinks, and your ability to add that window closes to a certain degree. You're rolling with what you have, basically. So I really think that right now, is it's win-now mode for the Maple Leafs, and I just question whether if they keep their blue line the exact same way that it is, whether they've actually, in fact, been able to close that gap on the Bruins and the Lightning. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, a lot of it, like, like to be honest, feels. I mean, we, we love to think we can prognosticate this stuff, but a lot of it does come down to the playoff lottery, right? Like, Washington Capitals is a great example. A team that was down 0-2 in the first round and in overtime in Game 3 against Columbus, and of course... Columbus hits the crossbar, and then, you know, Washington wins that game and goes on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, that goes to show you how, you know, the best laid plans and all the, uh, all the ideas who's good and who's not. I mean, sometimes it comes down to a bounce here and there, and I think, I think the Leafs are good enough now that they're in that situation where it could come down to goalie roulette. Is Freddie Anderson a good enough goalie to take them to the promised land or, or – or does a guy like Vasilevsky stone him? In, in yeah, but a you don't want you don't want to leave it to chance. You want to give yourself the best chance possible, don't you? And that's the question: Is there anything more the Maple Leafs should do? Well, yeah, I mean, hey, look, we have, we move, we've been talking about this. This has been probably the most recurring sports radio topic of this era in Leafland: is how can they improve this defensive core? If it was easy to do it, I think that you know they do it. I mean. And I think, you know, it's not easy to do, right? You, you've been wanting that number one for so long, you know, dreaming about the Drew Doughties of the world wanting to come home. Uh, well, that didn't happen. He's re-signed in L.A. And, and dreaming about an Eric Carlson trade. But, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine the Senators trading Eric Carlson to the Leafs. See, but, and, and see, but Dave, I, I, like, I'm looking like at a notch below. I don't even think that okay. they need that number one, that absolute horse. I want defensemen who can defend. That that's what I yeah. think you need for this team. You just need to protect Frederick Anderson as much as you possibly can. And who on this yeah, blue line are you looking at saying, "Well, that's my defensive horse." If we want to lock down in in hard, difficult playoff minutes, who are we going to lean upon? And I think that there's some yeah. big question marks there. No doubt about it. I mean, like you look at Victor Hedman and and Strawman in Tampa. You look at Achara and and Krug and, and McAvoy in in Boston. I mean. They've got they've got guys that are a notch above 
the, the, the Leafs guys. And maybe maybe the idea wheels is, is, is trading Jake Gardner. And I mean, that's another recurring sports media topic we've been over many times with Jake Gardner's incredibly up and down plan. Of course, after his terrible work in uh, in the playoffs. I, I actually don't think we've been. I actually don't think we've been talking about it enough. I actually cannot yeah. believe that Jake Gardner still hasn't been traded. I can't believe he's still here. Well, one of the reasons is wheels. <laughs> the league is aware of his weaknesses. You know, it's not like as much as he is like a physical stud and he can skate all day. Uh, you know, it's no secret why he's a first round pick who got traded to the Leafs in the first place, and why you know he he has coaches pulling their hair out on a regular basis, as good as he can be uh, when he's not you know having brain cramps. So again, it's it's not easy to make a deal like that. As much as I'm, I'm sure they've tried. In fact, you hear that they've tried over the years multiple years to, to, to move this guy. Uh, and now that his deal is, is, is coming up at the end of next year, I mean, it's, it's, it's even more prudent than ever. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move like that to try and, you know, change things a little bit. Because you're right, Wheels. I mean, you know, to think that things are going to change if you don't change the players in a significant way, uh, you, you could be beating your head against the wall for multiple years if you do not improve this decor. And I agree with you. It's a concern. They know it's a concern, and I, and, and you, you have to believe Kyle Dubas will take action at some point if if opportunity presents itself. But you you wonder how hard he's pushing, how 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 much of a crisis he sees it at. That'll be worth you know sort of inquiring about as this season sort of shapes up. Cannot wait for it. I love that the conversations changed, quite frankly, to a, from a point where they were building to a point now where the expectation is to win. And that's where I firmly believe that both they and the Raptors are right now, making where you're covering the Raptor, Raptors players in Vegas right now, making it all that more relevant here at the end of July. Thanks for doing this, Dave. I'll catch up whenever I'm back from vacation. Enjoy your stay in Vegas. Have a great summer, Wheels. Cheers, bud. Uh, Dave Fesjak from Vegas. You can read his reports on the Toronto Star uh, about what's going on at USA Basketball Camp. I'm sure Popovich will speak a whole lot more. The Rosen, Lowry, a lot of intrigue, and our very own Josh Lewenberg is there as well. Fesjak, Lewenberg, great combination of great reporters bringing you comprehensive coverage of the Raptors and basketball right here on TSN 1050. Uh, let's open the phone lines. We've got Sound Wars coming up. We're going to get an update from the RBC Canadian Open. Then we'll sneak in a couple of your calls before the top of the clock. You, you hear my argument about the Maple Leafs. Where do you think that they stand as of right now in terms of the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division power rankings? Lightning, Bruins, Maple Leafs. What order do you put those teams in? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. At Wheeler TSN in the Texas 105050. We'll sneak in a call or two after Sound Wars and an update from the RBC Canadian Open. That's all coming up as we roll along here on Toronto Today. The greatest moments in history are now up to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. All right, it's 11.44 on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels. We're into the round of 16. On the sheet, it says Sweet 16, but I feel like I'm in World Cup mode, right? Joey Narsa, my producer for the World Cup coverage. Sweet 16, a round of 16. Let's go round of 16. It sounds appropriate, right, buddy? That's the way it is. Okay, round of 16 action. This is a Sound Wars battle in the Oh My Goodness Conference. 
It's seed seed number. This is seed number one. All right, you out there. It's your up to you whether this justifies a top seed. It's entitled JV's Threes. Valentunis catches in JV's Threes. <laughs> it is that time of year, Jack. It's April. You gotta pay him. Pay the tax man. That is quality. Maddie Devlin. Number one seed? Yeah, probably worth it. But I'm calling it upset, people. I'm calling it upset. All my money is on the number three seed. Me and my boy Terry Dunfield bringing it. It's entitled The Refs an Idiot. Vasquez takes it quickly. And- oh! Still the refs lagging that side. How is he not giving it? Vasquez gets way in his face. the ref. I'm going to send him off now. Can we play that again? Let's play that one again, okay, JP? Here we go. Vasquez takes it quickly. And- oh! That is uh, basically how our Toronto FC match calls go here on TSN 1050. The ref's an idiot. That, my friends, is a true number one seed. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite JV's threes. Eh. Or the ref's an idiot. Eh. Voting for this sound war closes at 3 p.m. I'm biased. What can I say? At 3 p.m., listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sweet 16 or Round of 16 Sound Wars battle right here on TSN 1050. Got more of your phone calls on the Maple Leafs coming up in a few, but an update from the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, Canadian Open underway in Oakville, Ontario at the famed Glen Abbey Golf Course. It's the annual tradition. Uh, I'm going to try to make my way down there at some point tomorrow, actually, on my way out of town. Uh, you can watch early round action of the RBC Canadian Open on the television side of things on Canada Sports Leader TSN. And for an update for everything that's going on, let's bring in Adam Scully from Golf Talk Canada. How's the morning's action at the RBC Canadian Open, Adam? Gareth, so far so good. Uh, as you guys well know, the temperatures are uh, at an all-time high right now. It's very uh, sticky and humid, and I'll give you a little rundown of what's, uh, what's going on thus far. Robert Garrick is your leader at 7-under. Of course, last year he matched a course record with a 62, so he is uh, so far playing really well. Big story right now as well on the Canadian side of things is David Hearn. Five under, looking to be the first Canadian to win this since 1954. Bogey free thus far in his round. Came T16 a couple weeks ago at the John Deere Classic. So coming in with some pretty good form. Also a Canadian to watch out for here, Adam Hadwin. Three birdies in his last five holes. Made the cut last week at the Open Championship in a marquee pairing with Bubba Watson and Dustin Johnson. DJ's been all over the map. Three bogeys, three birdies, and Eagle is two under par as we speak in Bubba Watson as well at uh, three under par. Just on David Hearn, Adam, wh- yeah. wh- wh- what was the kind of the prognostication, the feel about Hearn's chances coming into this week's tournament? Well, I mean, you know, he's had past success here, and, and for him, it's all about his putting. Uh, uh, there was some controversy a couple of weeks ago with, with his putting, and, and some were questioning with, whether he was anchoring or not. But he's always been a very solid 
uh, ball ball striker. He's got a couple new tailor-made uh, clubs in the bag, which he's really uh, helped so far. We're, we're going to be speaking with David in about uh, 25, 30 minutes once he finishes round. So hopefully all the better. Uh, inclination of how how he's feeling out there in our in our next update. And one one more thing, uh, yeah. some uh, some big names going off this afternoon. If any of our listeners are making their way down, who can they expect to see on the course later on today? Well, there's a couple of great guys. In our, the U.S. Open champion Brooks Kepka is making his first appearance at the RBC Canadian Open. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour. And uh, if, if you're a fan coming out as a casual fan, just watching them hit the ball, Brooks Kepka is a blast to watch his ball because he just hammers it. Tommy Fleetwood as well. He was the runner-up in the U.S. Open Championship. He's another guy to look out for. And 20-plus Canadians in the field, too. So there's a great con- con- Canadian contingent out here of fans, both watching the players and the guys playing out there as well. Awesome stuff, Adam. We'll catch up next hour. Thank you for this. Thank you. Adam Scully from Golf Talk Canada, heard right here on TSN 1050 and the TSN radio network, Adam underscore Scully on Twitter. Good stuff there. Adam will check in in the next hour of the program to give you a live update from the RBC Canadian Open. Gary uh, Garrigus, Robert Garrigus, as you heard Adam say, is actually just moved up to eight under par as we speak. It's Ben Crane. Chris Kirk, 6-under, 5-under, respectively. Then a whole group at 4-under, including David Hearn of Canada. And my favorite name in the tournament, automatically, Seamus Power of Ireland. Not bad. Seamus Power. That, my friends, is a great name. Uh, We're talking Maple Leafs here. Uh, I'm off for summer vacation after today. Let's get a good standing of where the Maple Leafs are at, even within their own division. But By the way, I'm just going to go off track. I'm watching CP24. The bad boy guy, like Blaine Lastman, who said he was going to run for mayor, and now he's bailed and says he's not. I can't make this up. In an interview with Pooja on CP24, he's wearing, like, honestly, like, prison gear, like the black and white stripes. This was the whole marketing campaign, wasn't it? I'm going to run, then he pulls it back, and now he gets all this attention for bad boy. That's what I thought Trump's was originally, but he ended up winning. Yeah, Lastman just didn't have the stones, the stugats to follow through. So there you go. Um, Where do the Maple Leafs stand within their own own division? Give me the power rankings as the rosters stand right now. Lightning, Bruins, Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs have to come out of the Atlantic. they got to go through these, these teams. Is the addition of Johnny T enough? To kind of leapfrog over the others. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 105050. Let's go to Guido from Woodbridge. What's going on today, pal? Hey, how are you? I'm doing awesome. You? Good, good. Hope you're having a good last day there. Just want to say uh, I've been... Uh kind of listening to you the last little while and I've become a big fan of yours and uh, really appreciate the, the work you put into uh, the station. You put up some good content. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, welcome to Team Awesome. That's what we call hey, it, Team Awesome. Thank you very much. Power ranking is 1, 2, 3. If you're going to look at it from a roster standpoint, just on paper, I'm going to call Maple Leafs number 1, going to call Tampa number 2, going to call Boston 3, and Florida, you know, they're a wild card sometimes. You could see them beating Boston here and there, but all about how you roll the dice, man. If you look at some of the teams comparable to what the Leafs got on paper now in the past that have won the Cups, you look at a Pittsburgh Penguin team with a without a Chris Letang. You know, you got that offense, but you got to let the big dogs eat. You got to give them that ice time, and they'll show you what they're made of at this age. Even some of that defense core we got, 
they're improving. You got a Travis Dermott. That guy's a horse. Yeah, I like him. I, I like Dur- I like Dermott on that back end. I like Morgan Riley. After that, Guido, though, I have serious question marks whether they're going to be able to protect. Uh, Frederick Anderson enough to get the best out of him. Remember, during the regular season last year with this defense core in front of him, he didn't give up seven goals in a game on the regular season. He did it twice come playoff time. It's a different brand. It's more physical. I, I just look at that back end and I'm not convinced there's a right mix of players there right now to leapfrog over those two teams. 100%. You know what I it's all a uh, it's all a toss up. Injuries, whoever's prone, you never know something can happen. Tampa, Boston, they got some aging players too. I say, you know what? We got the young guns. We got a couple other older pieces. You look at a Marlow, he's kind of comparable to like what a Hoso was back when you know Chicago was pushing. You know, you had that young Patrick Kane. You know, those tape to tape crisp passes. Put it in the back of the net. See you later. We can send these other teams home. Send them packing early. Goalie skull, baby. All right, all right. I love the enthusiasm, Guido. Uh, at Wheeler TSN, the text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. I got John. I got Chris on the line. We're going to come back with them at the top of the clock. And hopefully you as well. We'll also spin into the Raptors side of that equation. Whether the Raptors, as their roster stands right now, are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Or is it potentially the Celtics or the Sixers, you can cast your vote at Wheeler TSN. I also included the Milwaukee Bucks because when you got the Greek freak, potentially the best player in the conference, well, that puts you absolutely right in the mix. Uh, So we'll get into that conversation. Vince Carter's coming back for another year, and I know that it disappointed some that he's coming back. He's going down with the lowly Atlanta Hawks. What's that all about? How will you remember Vince I'll tell you how I will remember Vince Carter uh, when his playing days are all said and done. We'll get into that in the next uh, portion of the f- program as well. But your call's coming up next. Chris and John, I'm getting to you. And then hopefully we'll hear from the rest of Toronto as well. Gareth Wheeler with you. And this is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050.